Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out Swiss and European fintech scene, aiming to inspire entrepreneurs to launch their new ventures and connect them with incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. There are many potential entrepreneurs that are thinking about launching their new ventures, but many don't know where to start. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate Fintech ecosystem so you can get started more easily. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we are at Red Alpine, a Swiss-based VC active in Fintech and other sectors, and we're joined by Harald, who will tell us how the pure play VC works. Hello. Thanks. Thanks, Rudy. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to, to share a bit about uh, Red Alpine. And just by way of background, I can tell you a bit about myself. I'm not the typical background, I would say, for a VC. I have a scientific background. I spent a long time in theoretical physics. And I am originally from Vienna. I did my PhD here in, in Switzerland at CERN. And then I, I worked at Tel Aviv Universities for my, for my postdocs. I spent like, quite a lot of time in theoretical physics. Then I moved into banking. Uh, working in London, and uh, at that time I started angel investing, so investing with my own money. That was my entry into kind of the startup world, uh, starting at the, with the local, I would say, also fintech scene in, in London. And from there, it took me back to uh, to venture capital. I got in touch with uh, Michael and Peter, who are the founding partners here at Red Alpine, and then we started working together. That was a couple of years ago, five to six years ago. Can you describe Red Alpine, but also explain the brand and the and the logo? I guess because of course we are in the Alpine country and the red color. Uh, what's what's behind this? Yeah, absolutely. So we are all based in in, in Zurich here, and so, so that's where the the Alpine connection comes from. And we operate mostly in the in the in the Dutch area. We have a very strong network. I would say here, obviously in Switzerland, but also in Germany, and it's quite central to our model that we work very closely with our portfolio companies and it's central because we invest early stage and that means for us that we typically around we like to invest for the first time around market entry of the companies that we invest in can be sometimes a bit earlier sometimes a bit later and to give you an idea it is for the first ticket around about between 250,000 up to four or five million so it's a very broad range but that's on purpose because sometimes we want to be we want to invest earlier sometimes it's a bit later so we want to have this flexibility and who founded red alpine and how long have you been around yes uh so in our current partner structure we have two founding partners which are michael siedler and peter niederhauser the first fund was in 2007 that's uh, already quite some time ago we have four four funds and we're investing now with the with the fourth one and by way of background, Peter was a software entrepreneur, so that's where our kind of software angle comes from. Michael comes from a PhD in uh, in life science, so this is also the reason why, in terms of sectors, we invest quite broadly. So we invest from, let's say, health tech or scalable life science to fintech and anything in between. And uh, roughly, how much money have you raised since inception? You said four funds. Yeah, we four, four funds. I mean, we the, the fourth one. Uh, we we have raised uh, a good three-digit million amount. And you said that you have a you invest in a wide range of inter- industries from financial services or fintech to tech. If you focus on fintech, what kind of fintechs have you invested in or financial services firms? 
We also in the fintech area, we've invested across different models. We've invested, uh, for example, in N26, the mobile bank. We've invested in, in TextFix. Uh, that's, uh, that's your tax tool on, on your mobile where you can submit your tax returns. We've invested in Finiata. That's, again, a different model. That's a SME financing model. We've invested in Donut. That was our first investment in the, in the crypto slash digital asset space. So we also there try to keep it uh, very broad and very different uh, models that we invest in. And how do you find the startups? Everybody wants a private deal flow, you know, curated deal flow, things like this. But uh, my observation is that if you also want some, someone bigger to invest in, in Europe, people will know about this. So how do you deal with, with this, um, your access to, if you want to have a priority access to founders, but yep. you want a certain size yep. as well, where they become already visible, or how do you resolve that? Well, I think there are there are different ways to get to deals, and for us, the most important ones are first that we have proactive approach. So we have certain topics that we look at, and then we and then we look for for companies and startups that are active in that area. A good example is, is, is N26 when we invested in the seed round. That was a time when we were looking at uh, mobile banking. We were looking at different providers of mobile banking at that time and uh, we finally decided to back uh, Maxim Valentin at that time in the seed round. Besides proactive, our network plays a very important role and that's also plays in part or is related to the, to the geographical focus that we have because this is where our, our network is the strongest and we have we try to leverage our network as much as possible both for the deal flow but also for the benefit of our portfolio companies. And just to give you an idea, also our investor base is, is, is very broad. So we're not a fund that's backed by two or three big funds of funds, but instead it's quite diverse. A lot of entrepreneurs in there, a lot of people who are very close to the topic of, in particular, early stage investing. And this is also a very valuable deal flow source. All right. So once you found them, how do you work from there in terms of you know, sorting out the funnel and, and diligence and things like this until you get it to your investment committee and you're re- ready to spend some money? Yeah, I think one, one, one very important topic is big difference, in my, in my view, between early stage investing, the thing we are doing, and, and later stage investing, maybe Series B upwards when you do your first ticket then. Because in the, in the early stage, it is really about, about the team. We very much look at who are the founders, how is the team set up, because in the early stage, you don't have a lot, usually not a lot of metrics to fall back on. Team is going to be the factor, primary factor that's going to make or break, going to be responsible for the, for the success of the venture. So this is why our, we, we try to follow serial founders. We try to follow people who have, who have maybe... You know, started in a, in a very successful startup as one of the first employees and when they start their own ventures we try to be in touch with these people and try to be top of their mind as well when they start their own ventures so we can support them when they start raising for the first time i think this is very this is very crucial so we try to be close to to, to the people and, and it helps us as well when you when you look at the portfolio for example that we have in berlin we have a lot of successful portfolio companies locally in certain hubs like Berlin is very helpful because that's also a very helpful deal flow source. But it also helps us evaluate deals that come through our network. So they come become they come to us pre-qualified, they come as with a reference through our network. And that's very valuable for us. You talked about deal sourcing that actually the network is the most important thing. Um, of course once you invest and you work with the companies you you may also engage operating partners or industry partners, Absolutely. people call them or consultants and people like that. But also for sourcing there may be other actors in the in the ecosystem that, that can help you perhaps. So 
How do you cooperate with, cooperate with the other actors in the ecosystem? I think in terms of sourcing, that's very much core competency. It shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be different. We, we obviously work a lot with, 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 with other VCs where we do syndicates you know, for financing rounds. We work with uh, particular farces relevant to have access to later stage funds when we, when we help our portfolio companies to set up their, their, their later funding rounds. That's obviously very important. We obviously have our partners for things like legal due diligence or tech due diligence uh, reuse. But I think this is, this is where, we, where we try to... Partners that we, that we have, you know, they're, they're very close to us usually. You know, sometimes they're, they're, they're even investing in our fund and they're very, they're very engaged and, and, and we try to leverage it as, as much as possible. In terms of your investment approach, you kind of touched upon this, but if, if you if you can recap a little bit, what sort of stages are you looking at, and yep. then, then once you're in it, are you pushing always, or depends on the case or for for the active role, or you you're okay to coordinate with somebody else to take that role? How does that work? First, uh, on 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 your question about how we position ourselves just to, to recap that uh, there is uh, on the one hand as i said before they uh, a lot of activity here in the in the dark area the other thing is the stage that we discussed which is around market entry plus minus on purpose quite flexible and then there is the sectors which we said is also also quite broad we we also let, uh, help management with or we help in in recruiting for key management roles we help obviously with the with the funding rounds and we also help with, with business development. So we, again, that's where, where we use our, our network, both from the, the internal team, but also from our, our limited partners and the network that we employ. You mentioned, about, you mentioned a couple of names that you invested in. So I assume these are the success stories. But can you tell us a bit more about what you're proud of in terms of your investments and, and perhaps also share some of the lessons learned or where you would think, where you would do things differently? The couple of main names I mentioned. I mean, there are, there are some. I mean, some are well known, like N26, but some are some some are early on, so you cannot uh, you cannot yet judge where their success stories or, or not. I think uh, there there success stories in so far that we that we've uh, invested in, in great teams, and and uh, I think the the things that don't go so well is 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 just very much part of the business and uh, you always start with a working relationship between the team and and and, and us and and you start with your hypothesis both hypothesis that the founding team has and that that, that we have and in some cases uh, you you test them and in some cases they, they just don't work out and uh and 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 then, and then you learn from that and that that happens and i think if you if you are, you probably, if you don't have these cases where it fails one way or, or, or the other, and then probably you don't take the appropriate risk, which is obviously part of our business. And I think we need to, to, take, uh, to take certain risks because we need to uh, then you have, have runaway success stories that will make up for the things that, that haven't worked out. So I think that's the that's the approach that we take, and, and there's a certain risk involved. And um, and uh, for us, the, the thing is we we always learn with, with with every case. I mean, that's the luxury that we have as, as as venture investors. So when you see investment proposals, what are the things that um, that you think that the founders could improve upon so that it it matches better with your investment objectives? It's a it's a good question, and I think there's lots of uh, lots of lots of information out there about you know how you should structure a, a presentation deck and so on. What information should go into that? I think 
there's there's obviously the factors that you cannot influence and that's a question of whether there's a match or not like the high level factors like the geography that you're in the phase that you're in uh, so that could be a mismatch kind of at the top of the funnel if you want to see it from that perspective but i think it's 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 very much about the, the the structure of the deck and if you cover kind of the basic information i think that's that's a good starting point and you need, you need to have to in there what 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 your vision is what you what are you going after you need to cover the team you're for us we're early stage and we don't need to see we don't need to see revenues so for us it's more about where where you see the company going what do you think about your ambition to to really present your ambition and how how big it can it can become but i think one thing that probably a lot of people underestimate is that yes the deck is often the case kind of to make the next step to being in touch and to have an, an opportunity to to meet mutually and to have a to have a chat but i think at that point it's also very important because a lot of people are just uh, in, in 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 the oral presentation of your case and if you want to sell your company i mean i think that's an incredibly crucial point in in that process and i think a lot of people probably put too much emphasis on the deck and less so on the on on the, the oral communication, how you sell your company as a person, and I think you you have to sell your company not only to investors, uh, you have to sell it to your future employees, you have to f- sell it to your clients. So this is very much what we as a VC also look at: how you sell your company, not only through the deck, but in person. And I think people should probably put much more effort on that, and and and, and be aware of the importance of that touch point. Okay, great. So where can interested parties find you? Well, we, we obviously have, uh, have our website where people can, can also uh, subscribe to our, to our mailing list. And, and uh, I think as a general point, we are we're obviously present at a lot of, lot of conferences and startup events. But I think one, one of the most important points in also for startups is when, when, when they look for funding, I think it's very much a two-way process. So it's not about... Not, not about the VC choosing uh, a company to invest in. I think uh, startups should put a lot of effort into who is actually a suitable funding partner, so be it a VC or, or, or not a VC, but also among VCs, I think it's very important to, to choose consciously who to approach in terms of the stage that you're in, in terms of the sector that you're in. And I think the most important our most valuable touch point probably is, is, is look at the companies that, uh, that, that uh, we or any other VC has invested in and, 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 and also touch base with them to get an idea about you know how work is like with with with, with any special vc and it's also a good uh, a good way actually to approach the vc itself through the portfolio companies all right well thank you very much harold and good luck to red alpine thank you very much thanks for having me